are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. All right, I'm going to try to make you guys think a little bit, and I'm not going to use the term lightly. What is something that you guys have purchased for less than a hundred bucks that has changed your life. You got me all nervous with this, not using the term lightly. (laughs) (laughs) Because my first answer was going to be our cast iron pan. I mean, that's life changing. (laughs) Of course that's life changing. I mean, we finally bought one a couple weeks ago and I I think we've used it like four to five days each week since. Man, so I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When you were mentioning, thinking about it, like had you not bought it that week, I was this close to coming to your house with a cast iron pan. Like that's how <laughs> life-changing it is. So yes, I told. I think that's a great answer. Life, life-changing, cast iron pan. Yeah. All right, Mike, let's see if this satisfies the criteria. I'm going to go with when as an adult in my early 30s, I bought myself my first legitimate daily carry pocket knife Mm. Mm, that's good because what it brought with it was i think the beginning of a shift of mentality of not just like the the boy scout style preparation like i'm gonna be ready for anything but i read an article um and i forget now It, it was from morgan snyder who we had on the show back in the summer Um, I think it was called The Case for Carrying a Knife. And it was just sort of, uh, you know, knife as metaphor for you are equipped for far more than you realize and you are capable of far more than you realize. And, you know, with, with the barest of essentials and tools at your disposal, you can accomplish far more than you think you can. And there was a shift when I started carrying a pocket knife on a daily basis of not immediately, but over time of beginning to feel more comfortable in my skin and more confident in moments. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, worst habit, lack of self-confidence in some cases of, you know, I can handle this kind of thing and not in a, uh, you know, over-functioning or, you know, super, you know, macho masculine kind of way, but just, I'm beginning to shift my view from I need to outsource things, I need to call for help, to I can handle this. So I I wrestled with this one too, and I and and I think the hundred dollar limit is what is what finally you know got me. <laughs> um, and because I know like I, I thought about it like my like one of my power drills like I use that thing everywhere I go, mm-hmm. and it it yep. was like 150 bucks. It was Milwaukee, right? It was a nice 18 yep. volt like. I probably could have bought a cheaper one, like, but that I was like, can't can't use that. That's that, but that's awesome. Power drills, right, right there. And then I thought, um, like a suit, right? Like, how many times have I used my suit? And then I thought, okay, no, that that, that might may or may not, depending on what kind of suit you get, you know, sure. get you over the hundred dollar mark. So I I finally settled, um, and only because I I finally got a good deal on them, my running shoes, a good pair of running <laughs> shoes has changed my life. Um, more so now, um, than ever. I mean, there, I, I'm using my running shoes and I buy the same pair, the same brand. 
I don't even care what color. It's the cheapest ones I can find, um, and I just rotate them. I just I keep I keep my miles on them, and 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 once the uh, once they reach the term that they can no longer be running with, I they're my grocery store wearers, my lawn cutting shoes. Like um, my running shoes are now my my favorite shoes so much so that Jan- Janelle says like, hey, you know we're going to church. You can't wear your running shoes. Like <laughs> <laughs> we're going on date night. You can't wear your running shoes, but yeah. But my, these are my good running these shoes. These are my good ones. These, yeah. These ones still have the tread. So yeah, my, my, uh, my, my Brooks running shoes. Those are my, those are my life changing purchase. Makes a difference. John and I were actually talking about this on a run a couple of weeks ago, how everybody thinks like running is a, is a cheap hobby to get into, oh, yeah. but if you really want to get into it, it does make a difference to start investing in, oh, yeah. in some good running shoes and, and some good gear and whatnot. For sure. Mine were more than 100, so I can't use that. <laughs> but they were worth it. I, I bought, and it hurt. Everything oh, yeah. hurt. Yeah, especially with, like like the first time I bought my, my first pair, I uh, – I 100% avoided any puddle, any mud. I was like, nope. <laughs> <Not, laughs> Got to keep them nice not, just like when yeah, you were a kid. Not getting these dirty. Yeah. yeah. That's good. What is a family story from your childhood? Could be about you, not about you, but, but family story that you remember and that everybody's still telling. You get together for the holidays or whatever. Mine are all food related because I was a very, very large baby. Um, And so my mom tells two stories at every family gathering, just about without fail. And the one was when I was like barely into solid foods. And she and her mom went out to a really nice French restaurant in the area as sort of a splurge. And because I had already finished my food and was pretty much insatiable. And even though the doctor kept telling her, no, 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 he'll tell you when he's full, he'll stop eating. She was like, no, you don't understand. He's never full. I proceeded to demand and she proceeded to cave and give me her entire fancy French dinner after already giving me all of my baby food. Um, And then immediately coming on the heels, usually without pause for breath, is... There's probably a six-month interval between these stories, but Thanksgiving, I got my first exposure to pumpkin pie, and I'm at my grandma's house, and grandma hears weird noises coming from the crib in the middle of the night, and she pops her head into the room to check, and it's me standing up fast asleep, but, you know, moaning one word over and over, pie. (laughs) Pumpkin pie is worth it. Yeah, um, yeah. I still now I now ever since hearing that story, I now hear the word pie whenever whenever <laughs> I, I think pumpkin pie. So that's that is definitely one of those those stories that it's fun to share. Um, you know, this was a hard one, and only because I think a majority of my stories, you know, and I always say the you know laugh at my pain kind of thing. It's always we're almost poking fun at each other, right? Like the the the, the my family stories are a little bit in. Let's laugh at each other, even though it was probably a really sad event. Um, and so one of those is, um, and they still tell the story my family does about me. Um, whenever my mom or my mom's family would come pick me up from my grandmother's house, I would run and hide in my grandmother's muumuu, right? And I would wrap <laughs> myself in her muumuu and just like kind of like you do in a curtain and hide there. So that they wouldn't find me, so I wouldn't have to leave. And 
a lot of people tell me that till this day, like they couldn't take me away. Like they was one of those ones where like, he does not want to leave. He is, he is wrapped up in grandma's movie. And even my own mom would come to pick me up and I'd be, I'd beeline it to the moo moo, like not happening. I'm, I'm, I'm staying here. Um, and so my uncles and everybody like to, br- like to bring that up when I do go home to visit grandma. Um, when I get ready to leave, they're like, you're going to go run into the moo moo. Like, I'm like, come on now I'm 38 years old. Like, and sometimes I still, <laughs> I, I still do. So can't escape it. Can't escape and it. And I'm taller than she is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the moo moo one. That's the, that's the story everybody, everybody tells. So that's, that's good times. Tom. I, you know, I, I came up with the question then and I was like, I oh, mean, I got to come up with an answer to the question. Um, and so this one was tough for me, but, uh, I was talking with, with, uh, some buddies from high school a couple weeks ago and this one came up. So I guess I'll go with it. Um, this is probably my junior or senior year of high school. And, uh, we were doing the whole ROTC thing. And so we went away for a weekend to do this drill meet, um, you know, tossing rifles around and, um, and I had, uh, PT stuff that, that was involved too. Um, and it turned out like, everybody else that registered for this meet was a no show. Um, there was us and two other high schools and it was raining. And so all of the athletic stuff that they had planned for outside got, got canned and and all that. Um, it was up at MIT. We were supposed to do like a 5k along the, the Charles river in Boston. And, um, and we were forced to stay inside. And so they, um, they shifted around stuff as, as best they could. And, uh, they decided that we should do a mile and a half around the indoor track at MIT. And, um, because there were only three other or two other high schools that were there competing. Um, some of the actual college, uh, midshipmen from the ROTC units at MIT, um, decided that they, they would jump in too. And, uh, there was this one, uh, Marine cadet who, uh, was just, pacing me and a buddy the the whole time and i hate running around the track multiple laps it's just awful i did cross country because it was at least like out and back but i mean once once spring track started that you couldn't get me to go around more than one time um and then the indoor track is even smaller and so you're going around twice as many times right and so we're doing this mile and this guy is just dogging us the whole time um and uh and for whatever reason, I was like, I bet I can, I could take this guy. <laughs> and so I, I, I picked it up and then he picked it up and then I picked it up and then he picked it up. And we probably did the whole last lap at a full sprint, me and this <laughs> college kid. <laughs> and just like, you know, the, the five people that are in the stands, two of them, whom are my parents just yelling <laughs> at the top of their lungs while while we're you know me and this college kid are gutting it out uh, in this like means nothing mile and a half around this <laughs> indoor track but everybody still talks about it that's awesome it's it was really fun it was a lot of fun so who won i took him <laughs> nice way to slow play that one good job <laughs> that's good all right Easy one. I, and I think I know the answer for all three of us, but city boy or country boy? As in preference or upbringing? Preference. 
I would not have guessed it, but it turns out I'm a country boy. <laughs> Suburban born and raised, and like so many people for long stretches of my life, thought that you know urban life had so much appeal. In fact, even when I first moved out here uh, to Virginia and a lot of my friends were in D.C., making the drive-in to hang out with them on a Friday night or a Saturday. I mean, there were just, there were so many cool things to do, but man, the moment we uh, started thinking about having land, it started to shift, but the moment we hit a gravel road to come look at a house out in the country, my breathing changed and <laughs> never looked back. Um, I'm city. I need I need a professional baseball team. I need I need uh, main streets. I need um, I need all that. And so um, you know, I always always joke with Janelle that um, you know before I became hip to want to live in Brooklyn, like that's what you know Janelle grew up in Brooklyn. That's where I wanted to go. Right, I wanted to go to New York and just have that kind of like just that that mix of culture and 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 so many different people in one area. And I just love like. New York, I love LA. Um, uh, you know that that whole that whole kind of city life kind of thing. So uh, I'm definitely uh, more of a city guy. I think I land definitely more country. Um, the city sounds nice to me, and then I actually have to get there. Like if I could if I could do city life and never have to get in a car, yeah. I'd probably be okay. Yeah. You know, we 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 did a couple of days as like a family uh, getaway, and we rented an apartment in uh, in downtown Baltimore, and that's what we did. You know, walked or yeah. we parked we parked the car and didn't have to go anywhere with the car the whole time we were there. I can handle that. Mm-hmm. I I could do that, but having to drive in cities like even driving yeah. into Arlington, I get stressed out. Yeah, like I just no no thanks yeah. no. That's so true. maybe that puts me squarely in the burbs. Yeah, know. traffic traffic's not fun, right? Traffic traffic's not fun. No, so. no. It's funny too because my sister lives in Manhattan, and the first time that we went to visit her, which was I don't know, five years ago, I was like, man, I could like you know you feel that pace of urban life, like everybody just walks faster, and I was like, I could I could do this, and we went back again a couple of years later. I'm like. I can't do this. <laughs> I have no interest in this whatsoever. <laughs> I'm out. I, I think what gets me the most is the food, though. I, I know it sounds weird, but oh, I just yeah. I like being able to go down, and it's not like where we're at. Or like now, it's hey, you know, what are we going to do for lunch? I don't know. You got Chick Fil A or McDonald's? That's the two fast. Right. That's a two same six yeah, restaurants. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and and like I've been in so many different restaurants. I don't even know the name, but they've been there forever, and they they're famous for you know whatever their meals are. You know, um, we spent a week in New York, and my favorite point, my favorite part was two parts: going downstairs, giving the lady at the bodega like four dollars, and her just giving me a bag of random fruit that I was going to eat as my breakfast, and then walking across the and getting a a, a a cart like a little blue coffee uh um and and walking and being on my way it was just like this is this is cool i like that and so that yeah i do agree though never having to get in a car is 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 definitely a preference i might bike um i might i might do some uh you know some uh, single speed biking across the city but uh i don't know that's in new york <laughs> that's taking your life in your hands yeah definitely i wear a helmet but <laughs> oh man all right. Um, most memorable vacation, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the most, um, 
but just memorable vacation as a child. I got this. It's the only vacation I went to as a child. Um, it is, uh, we went cross country um, from Southern California to Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, but instead of going like south, we went we went a little bit north. We saw the Grand Canyon. We saw, um, you know, Buffalo crossing the road. Um, we went through through you know I saw you know San Antonio. I did did the whole like you know cheesy across America um, Southwest road trip, and to this day it's one of my most favorite memories to think like, man, I saw the Grand Canyon. I saw Buffalo. I caught my first fish on that trip. Um, it was, it was just one of those ones where it is definitely the most memorable and, and keeps me wanting to put my kids in a car and, and go on a, a cross country. So, uh, for me, it was, it's definitely the beach. And so I think that kind of aligns with my summer oh, yeah. season mm-hmm. earlier, but, um, both my grandparents lived at the beach and so we would, uh, we would go to the beach in Florida, uh, a lot of the time in the winter, we would go visit my, my grandfather in, in South Carolina and, and stay at the beach for a couple of weeks in the summer. Um, a lot of times we would, uh, in like the, the late fall, um, we would go and, uh, and rent a, a house at the Jersey shore. Um, so I, I just remember, you know, always, always going to the beach, loving beach vacations they're a lot more stressful when you're the parent and you have to like actually <laughs> chase kids figure the, out yeah. the beach vacation yeah. Yeah. and and all the crap you got to bring with you on the beach vacation. Yeah. Um, but as a kid, yeah, it was awesome. It's good. So I wasn't thinking of this until you guys started sharing yours, but I think when I was a kid, one of my favorite vacations, um, my mom's parents had a lake house in central Illinois. Um, and not like lake house, like a lot of people think out here where you got a house at, you know, Deep Creek that, you know, costs more than many other people's houses. Like this was, this was a, a fishing house. Um, there wasn't air conditioning. Uh, there was like one general purpose room and two bedrooms and a sun porch. And so it was, you know, sleep as the kid, at least, you know, sleep wherever you can find space because the adults have the beds. But, you know, getting up at, I don't know. 6 a.m. probably just because I was so excited to go down to the lake and fish before anybody else was up and my grandpa teaching my brother and me how to you know dig for worms and bait a hook and you know clean a fish and knowing that that was pretty much going to be my summer every summer that there was going to be space made to go to the lake and go fish and be out in the pontoon boat and swim in some of the worst smelling water (laughs) I have ever experienced (laughs) on this planet um and so, I mean, fast forward to adulthood and my mom and my stepdad bought a house on that same lake a few years back. Oh, that's cool. And so now as, now as a grown kid, I get to go back and relive some of my childhood on that same foul smelling water. And it's glorious. It's absolutely glorious. That's awesome. So to level up from the vacation question as grown people now if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be i'm gonna go italy and more specifically uh cinque terre italy uh kind of along the the 
what is it? I guess the western, northwestern coast of Italy. Um, you, you've, if you're not familiar, you've probably seen pictures. These are the like multicolored houses built into the mountainside. It's five towns all leading down to the to the water. Um, I I just we we visited um, a, a while back now when we went to Italy and somebody told us it had to be a part of the trip. And man, I just fell in love. It's it's just awesome. That's that's my happy place. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, so this is funny because I thought about this answer and I thought about the answer that I had given before about city or country. And uh, <laughs> and I'm actually picking more country, even though it's it's between two cities. So uh, I'm gonna pick anywhere up and down the Guadalupe River in Texas. Um, and that is, that is, you know, right in between Austin and, uh, and San Antonio. So I get, I get the, you know, the keep it weird and I get the, uh, the, the, the good food and, and, and all that stuff that goes on with both those places. But, um, I remember one of the first trips I had made, I made with my, uh, with my family to, um, uh, to Texas. Uh, my sister was, we have to go down the Guadalupe river. We have to go tubing down the Guadalupe and, uh, and, and, and do all that stuff. And I just, I just fell in love with that whole area and just, and, and just being able to go, um, you know, to Austin to San Antonio, right in that little, little area. I don't know what it's called, but right along the Guadalupe yeah. river, I think is where, that is where I'd pick. Helps that it doesn't get cold too, right? Yeah. That so helps so much. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't answer this question. And so I feel bad that I asked it and then made you guys answer, but there, there's too many places. Um, you know, cause Tom, as you mentioned, Italy, I remember being in a CC and, you know, little mountainside village and just thinking I could be happy here. But then also the first time that my wife and I went to the Cayman islands on our honeymoon and, you know, I, I'd, I'd been to several places in the Caribbean, but we got to grand Cayman and we were both like, seriously, let's sell the plane tickets and just not go home. Um, but then the first time I was out in Colorado and seeing real mountains. And then the first time that Brooke and I got to go to Colorado together, there was just something about it where, I mean, if somebody called us up and said, Hey, we got a job for you here. You can both come. Oh, I, I might be giving you guys a phone call. So I don't know. There's just, there, I, there's so many cool places. I don't, I don't know. Thank God we can travel eventually. Yeah. It's all, I mean, there's so many amazing places. Yeah. You know, that, that was hard too. Cause like you said, there, there, there's just so many little spots that like you have to think about, yep. like, cause there's some places that I just want a vacation to. Like I love, yep. I love Italy. I loved, I loved going to Paris and, um, yeah. but there was something about, Hey man, I just want to go home and, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I love Loudoun County. So it, it's, it's, yeah. it's funny, but, um, yeah. Microsoft's been getting me with my windows backgrounds changing up oh, every yeah. so often. I'm like, I need to know where that is. Yeah. What, mm-hmm. can, how can I get there? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing. I was at, we were, I was thinking about the other day when we were talking about, uh, you know, another men's retreat in Shenandoah mountains. I was like, man, we should, we need to go to Alaska. We need to go. We need to go. Yeah. Go see some Northern lights. Let's just, let's get going. Level it up. Yeah, man. All right. Am I up? 
Yeah, you got two and I got one left. All right. So fire away. Nice. All right. So I'm going to do – it doesn't matter which order I do. So I'm going to say when do you feel the most control? This is a tough question. It is so tough. Because I, I don't – like – You don't feel in control ever? <laughs> yeah because that, that's the hard part my hard part wasn't narrowing it down to which one i felt the most it was when do i feel in control right when do i feel the least out of control <laughs> <There you go. laughs> um no i think because I, I don't often find myself exerting control necessarily yeah uh just as my personality um but i think in terms of when i feel the most in control uh, it, it definitely has to be, you know, when, when I'm kind of on my turf, when, uh, you know, when I'm in an area of expertise, um, and I still might be, you know, hanging back from the conversation and letting the conversation happen, but knowing that I have something to contribute, uh, and something that's going to move that conversation forward. Um, you know, that, that is, as I am learning about what I have to offer, um, and, and kind of discovering more about my identity and my makeup, uh, you know, that, it, that's one thing that, that I'm realizing is, um, you know, don't, don't come at me and don't question me mm. when I know what I'm talking about. It's funny, as I let this question rattle around, a lot of the places where I feel confident or I feel gifted or I feel gifted are still places where I experience discomfort. And, you know, just an awareness that, you know, something's going to have to work out for this to work out, right? And so it's interesting, the one that comes to mind for me, and I'm almost, I'm surprised that this is, I think, my answer for the moment, driving. Driving for me has more often than not felt like a place of control. And there's just been so many experiences in my life in a car where things just worked out, especially in moments where they probably shouldn't have. And, you know, time slowed down or whatever the thing was. And there was just, there continues to be a sense and it's wildly unhealthy. And I'm picturing like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman in Days of Thunder right now, like control is an illusion, you egomaniacal idiot, right? But it's, I, in a car, I, I feel really comfortable. So for me, I narrowed it down to two areas. Um, the first is um, editing this podcast. I can make you guys say whatever I want. It's like, it's amazing. <laughs> I can have whatever cold open, whatever I want. I can record and put it together. Um, and I and I thought about that and that creativeness and being able to be a little bit, you know, creative in, in the things that we do and how I have like control over, over a lot of, of, of um, you know, whether it's, it's, editing or or you know creating you know cover art and stuff like that so i i felt like that felt really good um and the second one which we've been talking about it nonstop um this whole season but running um there is something about and and what i realized is is kind of joking what we started out with this whole question was when do i feel you know at least not in control i think is what we, how you said it tom but there is nothing <laughs> else demanding of me during that during that time yeah. while i'm running Right. My, my, yep. you know, my kids aren't, 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 you know, banging on my door. Um, work's not sending me a bunch of emails. Um, 
oftentimes, you know, I'm, I, if I'm doing it by myself, I could choose the pace that I want to go to. And it's just running for me. has just been that, that moment of, Hey dude, you got you like you, you got it. You could quit if you want to, you can go faster if you want to. Um, and it's just, it's been enjoyable. Um, you know, I almost picked bike riding, but I've recently started riding clips and I'm definitely not in control for that. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your bike's dangerous. Yeah, man. it was, it was scary. All right. So, uh, to follow that, um, I am real big on the code. I'm real big on having your, your words to live by. Um, and so I ask you guys, um, and it can be a quote, it can be a verse, it could be, um, lyrics to an ACDC song. What is something that you've taken, um, as your, I don't, I don't know, your mantra, your, 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 your man code, your, the other side of your, your business card. That is just a reminder to you, like, Hey, this is, this is how I want to live my life. And, um, and or how I want to be even motivated in my life. So words to live by. Um, I also love answering questions in a way other than they were asked. And so you're asking for one, and I'm going to give you two. Um, <laughs> so the first, and again, I didn't remember this until we were halfway through recording, and I looked ahead at the questions that were still to come and saw this, and it suddenly popped into my head. When I was a kid, um, my grandmother gave me a little like, I don't know, it was probably a two inch by three inch mirror with like frosted lettering on it. Like not the gift that you would probably give your grandson normally, which was funny because like that was usually the problem with my grandparents and me and my brother was they didn't know what to get us. And so we just got weird stuff just like all the time. Um, and so this was one of those things like you, you stood in a little plastic stand and on it was etched believe and all things are possible and I kept that thing for a decade and a half and all of that time was really pre life of faith for me but there was just something about that that echoed that resonated very very deeply um, it also helped that there was a silhouette of a bird in flight on it just like that classic you know low V shape um, but I told you on the book podcast that we did a while back, one of my favorite books of all time, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. And that book and that mirrored etching, there was just something magical that came together there of believe in all things are possible. Um, but then the other one I didn't find until I was in my early 30s. And it came out of the book Wild at Heart. And it was actually something that was told to the author of Wild at Heart, John Eldridge by his friend Brent Curtis and the line was let people feel the weight of who you are and let them deal with it and as someone who had been a lifelong people pleaser that had continually tried to minimize myself um, that invitation to go be you and let people deal with it and, and you know don't be a jackass but who you are it's okay if it has an effect and it's okay if not everybody gets it go be you anyway let people feel the weight of who you are and let them deal with it mm. that's good i like that one a lot john yeah um <clears throat> mine is sort of along the same lines um and it's actually relatively new 
um, but definitely fits uh, kind of with the, the, the things that we talk about and, and sort of the way that, that we're going about our lives. Um, but uh, I'm going to steal it from uh, a piece of fiction, actually. Um, so Brandon Sanderson is, is quickly climbing the ranks of favorite authors for me. Seriously. And uh, I mean, the guy just knocks it out of the park. Um, and there is a scene um, that I, I believe is a father uh, speaking to his son, if I remember, from, from the first book in, uh, in the Stormlight Archive that, that Sanderson writes. Um, and, and that the, the father says to his son, don't dream the small dreams of other men. And I read that. And that was like one of those things, like read it and immediately it gets written down. Um, like that, that's the call, right? Is uh, very similar to what you were saying, John, like know who you are, be confident in who you are and let other people deal with that and don't limit yourself because of what other people say about themselves or about you or whatever. But yeah, don't dream the small dreams of other men. That's legit. That's real good. That's real good. Um, I don't even know how to follow that up, Tom. That was good. Um, so for me, the the simple one, and it, it it's actually funny because I feel like you're either in one camp or the other, and I often take jabs for this one. But um, I've always gone back to the very simple work harder. And, and for me, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where um, if I feel like I'm going to quit, if I feel like I'm not giving it my all, if I feel like there is, um, you know, just the days I don't have, you know, motivation and, you know, they say motivation fades. For me, I always, I always just remember um, work harder, just keep going, just, just do work. Um, and it's funny cause one of my, you know, favorite YouTubers, uh, he had that neon lights, uh, uh, above his, above his doorway work harder. And it, it, it just got me. It was just one of those ones where I was like, man, that's, that is a, that's just, it's just a simple statement to remind yourself that, Hey, you know, keep doing it. Keep, keep grinding. So good question. John, you're bringing us home. All right. Question 21. What do you wish you could tell your 18-year-old self? So I, I don't know why I came at this uh, like down on myself, really, when I first read this question. I was like, I, I don't have crap figured out. What am I going to tell my 18-year-old self? Um, but then as I started to think about it, and think about uh, things that, I, honestly, I, I flipped it around and I was like, what would I have liked to have known when I was 18? Because it's still impacting me and the way that I make decisions and do life and, and all that. And so like, if there was a, a mindset shift that I could plant back then, um, I think the one thing that, that I would tell myself is you're not guaranteed to get it right the first time. 
uh, and just opening that space, I think would have made a lot of difference. This one's hard because I felt like I didn't also want to be cliche or cheesy. Um, but I, I just, I just couldn't think of anything that was more pressing than, and, and maybe I can get into some more backstory on it, but, um, save your money. Don't spend it on trying to be cool. And, and there was a time in my life, especially early on in, 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 uh, my military career, which I've often referenced as Neverland with, you know, the kids in the, uh, or the Island of Lost Boys, but, um, it was all about going out. It was all about partying. It was all about, you know, sp you know, spending money at the bar. And I look back at how much money I wasted just not doing the right thing. Right. And, and looking back on it, thinking to myself, like, what, what did I gain from that time period? Right. Like, and, and it wasn't even like I had cool stories or experiences that I could say like, yeah, okay. It was all worth it. You know, we went out and jumped out of planes or we did this or we did some cool stuff. It was, it was not, it was just, a, a something that I did because it was, I was, you know, I don't want to say bored, but you know, I wish I would have found ultra running and stuff back then that took up my time and four hours on a Friday night. But, um, yeah, and 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 it's not the point of saving money just to have wealth or just to be able to do. It was just don't do, don't spend your money on 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 people that really just don't don't care about you. That it's just you know, don't be stupid. You know, that's I mean that's save your money, kid. Go go work out or something. <laughs> nice. I think for me, and I don't. I don't know, I mean, if such a thing could happen that you could give advice to your 18-year-old self, I don't even know if this advice would actually do what I, what present-day me would want it to do. But the thing I would tell my 18-year-old self is, it's going to be okay. And I've realized over the years that that was, that was so very much in question for so much of my childhood. That the end was just in doubt. And if I could have felt in the depths of my being that everything was going to be okay at that point in my life, I feel like that would have spared me some things. But I also don't know if you can really come to know that without coming to know that. So I don't know. But with that said, that is 21 questions, my friends. And so the invitation here, I think, is go find some people and ask some random questions. <laughs> and I think we can guarantee a couple of things here. One, you're going to laugh uh, probably a lot. Two, you're going to do way more self-reflection than you think you will. Um, and three, you're going to learn some things about the people that you're already close to that might surprise you or at least continue to fully flesh out the people that you already know well um, so we may post these questions somewhere we may just make you listen through what will probably turn into two episodes because this is gone for a oh, while yeah. um, and even with the best of mike's editing magic i unless we super speed this and we start to sound like chipmunks <laughs> i think you're all in for a, a, a double feature here for sure um 
But we hope that this has been enjoyable for you all as you get to know us a little better and we pull back the curtain on some pieces that we just we haven't gotten to over these couple of years. Um, but seriously, take this and run with it. Come up with your own questions. Uh, let them be as thoughtful or as embarrassing as you want them to be. Uh, but get with your people and dig a little deeper. And you know, for us, if there's questions you want answers to, we would love to do another round of this somewhere down the line. So get in touch with us or at least just let us know what sort of hilarity ensues when you start asking your people your 21 questions. So for now, on behalf of Mike and Tom, this is John. Thank you guys for being a part of Strong Towers. We'll see you next time. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com, and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers, to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strongtowers for your chance to score some Strong Tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you back here real soon.